Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our readings today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and our first reading for today comes from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Our last reading today is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This Sunday, we celebrate Epiphany, where we look at the visit of the Magi, the coming of wise men bringing gifts upon Christ's birth. And I actually extended this reading a little from where it usually stops on this Sunday. And I will get to why in just a little bit. First, we get to our reading. We see visitors come, and they are following the star to find a newborn king. They come to Herod in Jerusalem. 
And this frightens Herod. Frightens many. And the reason it frightens him is because a king would upset his rule. A new king of Israel would disrupt everything that gives him power. So Herod calls together experts because he's got a plan. They check and the prophets said that he was born in Bethlehem of Judea. So Herod calls for the wise men, figures out when the star appeared and sent them on to Bethlehem saying that he hopes they'll come back so that he too can honor this newborn king. And so they set out and they find Jesus with Mary and they offer up gifts. Now one of the things that might throw us off about this is that they don't find them in the midst of traveling. They aren't away from home. It's not that they come and follow shortly after shepherds. That is Luke's account. Matthew's account doesn't have an inn or shepherds or heavenly choir singing. The wise men find them seemingly at home. And we don't know exactly how old Jesus is at this point, but we can assume that he's likely getting close to being about two years old. And that's because of what follows. But the traveling wise men offer up gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This echoes our reading from Isaiah about nations coming to the light and that they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Here they are bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They are praising the newborn king. And then the wise men are warned in a dream. Don't come back the way you came. Don't return to Herod. Go home. And so by another road, they head home. Where that home is, we don't know. Now, this is usually where the reading would end. But I wanted to go just a step further. Because there's another dream we need to know about. Because Joseph has a dream and is warned to get out as well. Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And so by night, Joseph gathers up his family, and they flee to Egypt. I end on that point because it's a bit of a different point than what we'd usually land on with this story. Because we really love to celebrate the gifts and how the wise men come and they honor Christ. And we don't always recognize the fleeing, the fear that comes with this visit. Parents desperate to save the life of their child head off to a foreign land as refugees. And I've always pondered how important those gifts became. Because offering up gold and frankincense and myrrh from chests, they aren't cheap things. Those are things that would be worth at least a good value. And I've always wondered if that helped to fund their escape their ability to get to Egypt and start a new life while waiting to come home. It could be I'm reading too much into it. As each gift has a symbolic value, and there's symbolism throughout all of Matthew. 
But the thought always strikes me when I read it. And I think it's because it stirs something in me. The story quickly becomes a story about the kindness of strangers offering someone a chance, a new hope. Because it's easy to imagine that it would not be an easy trip to make. They wouldn't be able to take much with them. But maybe because of these strangers who came to honor this newborn king, they have a chance. They were right to flee, of course. The story following this is of Herod killing the children in Bethlehem. And so as I thought about this epiphany story, I started to think about the importance of being able to help others in that way. Giving someone a chance to start over. And I've been thinking about how we reach out to others and how we show Christ to others in this new year. And I wanted to share a new outlook in this new year. I started to think about the wise men in an interesting way because we don't get much information about them other than that they followed a star to honor a new king. We might be able to translate them as astrologers. A group of foreigners coming to say that there is a new king of the Jews in the land. Now, one might wonder how much of a threat that would be. But one of the things that happens in Matthew is that when they refer to him as king of the Jews, they're giving him a title that would put him at odds with everyone in power. The king of the Jews couldn't be a subject of Rome. If there's a king of the Jews, Herod isn't the ruler of Judea. If there is a king, those in power have plenty to be afraid of. And what we see is all too familiar in our reading today. Those in power doing everything they can to keep power. Lies, betrayal, murder. And as I go throughout the gospel... Because it's one of the fears that drives everything that happens with the powers that are in place. From Christ's birth through his death, the idea of somebody challenging the existing power is too much. And what would people do to keep that power? As we see in Matthew, anything. Tricking visitors from a foreign land into giving away the child's location so Herod could kill him. And it came back to me just how important the kindness of these strangers was. Bringing gifts, honoring him, helping him. So one of the important things that I note in this story is the importance of reaching out to help others as part of our evangelism. Because it's one thing to say that we want to help those in need, but it's another to actually go and do it. To recognize the situations that they're in. The epiphany story reminds me of how many people are still fleeing for the safety of their family from dangerous and desperate situations. Now, one might ask how it's an act of evangelism to fight for the safety of others. I know I have colleagues that would say, well, you're not talking about Christ specifically, so it's not evangelism. 
And I would say that they're completely wrong and sadly misguided. Because it's hard to hear the good news when you're afraid for your life. It is hard to hear about God's love when you are worried about the safety of the people you love most. It's hard to imagine a merciful God when there is no mercy to be found. However, people recognize an act of great love and want to know where it comes from. That if we show people the love of Christ through our charity, through our help, through our activism, they will recognize the Holy Spirit acting for them. When people see others fighting for justice, not just justice for themselves, but justice for others. then they want to know why. And they will find why. They want to know where that love comes from. They want to know why somebody would fight for them. They want to know the why. And that opens the door to what Christ has inspired us to do. And for me, it can only be an act of evangelism to want to help refugees when our Savior was a refugee in need of help of others to survive. It can only be an act of evangelism to help those in need when our Savior was in desperate need of help. Because it points to Christ's great love what Christ inspires in us and gives us a way that we can tell others of Christ, introducing them to Christ in our actions. And so this year, I challenge you to rethink what it means to bear witness to Christ, what it means for something to be an act of evangelism, to think about all the things we can do that Christ wants us to do, that our actions point to him because of our love and not just because of our words. It is one thing to say that Christ teaches us to help those in need. It's another to help those in need in the name of Christ. That we point to Jesus because of our actions in his name, not just proclaiming his name. That if we are of one body, redeemed by one blood, we show it by showing love to the people we know God loves. In this new year, may we show all those we can God's love through our actions. Let it be a gift that we give wisely and we give generously. And let our actions proclaim the love of our Lord. Amen.